welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for tuning in, guys. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 44, and this week's guest is the wonderful Hugh Stevens. He came and met me in my hotel room. I was staying in a hotel in London. I'd had a bit of a rough night there, to be honest. It wasn't enjoyable. The TV TV didn't work. Um... And then the room was all controlled by touchscreens, which seemed wonderful when you're closing the curtains by robot. But um, essentially, touchscreens glow all fucking night, so I couldn't get any sleep. Um, but anyway, um, sponsors, speechdevelopmentrecords.com. Go check us out. You could get my Edinburgh Fringe show. The Edinburgh Fringe is on at the moment, and it's absolutely amazing. I'm definitely going to be in attendance to watch some stuff if I can get away from Essex. Um but yeah, you can catch my Fringe show from 2013, which um, it got five-star reviews and it was sold out for 19 nights in a row. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's only a fiver to download from speechdevelopmentrecords.com. You can buy the DVD for 15, but it's a two-DVD set with loads of extras and interviews. So essentially, it's got the first podcast I ever did on there because it's I sat down... And we filmed a chat with me, Polar Bear, Moose Rock Wonga and Kate Tempest. Um, And it was essentially a a podcast, but we just didn't know it at the time. So check that out. Um, But yeah, on to this episode. Hugh Stevens, what a dude. It was an absolute joy. You'll hear, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a topic that we discussed at the start that made me so happy because his passion for it. And it was unexpected. I didn't expect it. I expected to talk a lot and learn a lot about Welsh culture and Welsh language and radio and everything else. And I mean, make no mistake, he's a a, a unique figure in radio um, in that he signed at the age of 17 to the biggest radio station in the country and one of the biggest in the world um, as a presenter. So yeah, amazing stuff. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I'll be back at the end to tell you some stuff. Right, I'm rolling and I'm joined by Hugh Stevens. How are you? Very well, Pip. Nice to see you. This is a weird scenario because I've invited you to my sleazy hotel room, um, (laughs) like the 12th floor of a fancy posh hotel room and... You've come in and there's a Polaroid camera on the table. Oh. That's that's for the podcast. That's nothing weird. But thank you for, very much for coming oh, in to chat. Well, it's an absolute pleasure. And uh, as you said, you know, we are in your hotel room. <laughs> and I haven't been in someone's hotel room for an interview for a long time. Yeah. There used to be a time in Cardiff when that's where you'd go. You, yeah. I remember interviewing the Hives in a hotel room. And, yeah, of course. Um, Anthony Hagarty from yeah. Anthony the Johnsons. Yeah, 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 yeah. In a hotel room in Brussels. But you've kept it in... You know, it's spick and span. It's just rare when it's in, in London, because right. g- 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 generally, as you said, that's a touring thing. It's like, right, we we can't find a studio. F- fact is, I was too cheap to find a studio. Right. So it's like, well, I've got a hotel room. Let's let's meet there. There's a there's fruit. There's fruit, which there's is bottles untouched. of water. Yeah, there's, some, there's a big telly. It's a huge TV. Yeah, it's pretty big. The annoying part is it, it doesn't actually work. Does it not? No, I got in last night from the event I was doing, and I'm incredibly boring so i got in at like quarter to ten yeah and i thought i watched tv 
every channel you put it on, it plays for around a minute and then freezes. Right, no good. Which is no, it's not a fun way to watch TV, I'll be honest with you. So I had quite a boring night, which means I'm well prepared for today's interview, which is, you know, there's bonuses. (laughs) Um, So can we talk, I mean, you said, obviously, already, uh, I, I mentioned Cardiff, you're bizarrely, I think, only a, a, a second Welsh guest. After we Howard had, Max. After Howard, yeah. I checked to see uh, yeah. who else. Obviously, you know, I've listened to some of the podcasts, not all of them. Yeah, but no, there's a lot to get the through. The Zane Lowe one, yeah. John Kennedy a couple of episodes ago yeah, was brilliant. Yeah. Just radio people. Just, just, <laughs> exactly, just keep it to radio people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you, you grew up in Cardiff. Um, yeah. What kind of... Of upbringing did you have? Was music always a, an essential part of your of your life? Um, and how easy was that in Cardiff? Because I know you know Cardiff at least has the the H and B and the you know yeah. a few of the, the the bigger stores. But in Wales, it can be it can be tough to find yeah. to find music at points. I mean, Cardiff's the capital of Wales, yeah. down south. So it's the bigger city. Um, I mean, you've got Newport and Swansea, and, and in the middle, Aberystwyth, and then up north, Bangor and yeah. Wrexham. But yeah, growing up in Cardiff, I had, you know, an idyllic childhood. I'm from a part of Cardiff, one of the suburbs called Whitchurch. Yeah. It's about 15 minutes on the train into town. Perfect. Um, very quiet, beautiful. And it's beautiful in Wales because 15 minutes on the train is enough to feel really out. You know what I mean? To be out in nature and, yeah. and, and, and beauty, it's kind of, it's so good. I, I'm a big fan of, of of Wales. My brother used to live in a a cottage in Lampeter. He, he studied oh. at Lampeter Union. Oh, yeah. Just going around all those areas, it's like you just see how quickly it can go from here's everything we need, but let's keep all that in one pot, spot <laughs> and then let's make the rest of this place just beautiful and, yeah. and open. There's so, a lot of beautiful... yeah green spaces and you know countryside across the whole of wales even from cardiff you know 20 minutes out yeah. and you're on top of the garth mountain yeah. or you're in penarth by the sea yeah um i mean and cardiff as a city as you know you've been there plenty yeah. of times it's it's small you know yeah. you can walk from one side to the other in 15 minutes yeah, yeah um, completely like a lot of cities were you know other than london you know you go to leeds or sheffield yeah. and Manchester, the, the the main nucleus, if you like, you can do, you can walk yeah. from one side to the other you, quite quickly. You, you kind of condense it to essentially a high street. There's yeah. offshoots. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a castle at the bottom. But yes. yeah, you know, there's, there's a kind good of, ca- it's castle, a great in castle in Cardiff. Yeah. I went there recently for the Manic Street Preachers. They, oh wow! They played a big. Um, the Manics in Cardiff. That must be. It was a huge. Big, show. Yeah, I mean, it's always been amazing. Like 1999, um, they played the Millennium Stadium. Yeah. And I was there, and I remember I just got a mobile phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and watching the Manics. It was amazing. And so, and so they've played, obviously they haven't done the stadium since then, but they did the CIA, which is yeah. the big arena in Cardiff. And they'd done that, and this was the Holy Bible they were playing yeah. in full. So they did Cardiff oh, Castle, wow. and that was brilliant. Every, yeah. every, everyone I know who's a, a Manics fan, if anyone tries to argue the Manics aren't good, they say... Listen to the Holy Bible. They say you can you you're allowed to to not like the Manics, but you can't deny that the Holy Bible is is, yeah. is an amazing record. Absolutely, so. yeah. When you listen to that from start to finish, it's uh, it's an intense listen. And yeah. listening to it live is intense. And, yeah, I can imagine. You know the interviews the Manics did about that. I think they said they found it knackering to yeah. play lyrically and. Yeah, I love I love the Manics. I saw them at uh, Latitude most recently. Right, they yeah, played yeah, yeah. On the main stage, you know, yeah. they've got so many great songs haven't they for yeah. you know anthems they didn't do it uh, the holy bible at latitude they did right. like a greatest hit set if you like because again i kind of I, I find the 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 doing a full album thing that's coming 
are really fascinating because mm. every album I've ever done, there's songs on it that we've n- never played live. Right. There's songs that aren't live songs. So mm. it's I always I find it, it fascinating because at first you think, oh, they're going to have to relearn all these songs. And you think some of them, they're going to have to learn essentially for the first time again. It's because they've just, they've never done that drilling them live and figuring out how they work live. So of course, yeah. It's must, a fascinating thing. Must take a lot of uh, rehearsal. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of practice, and as you say, because I, I listened to your interview with John, as I said, yeah. John Kennedy, and you said that you were writing songs which you never thought that you'd b- yeah, play that anyone live. would hear, yeah, yeah, and play live and anything, yeah. So, so it's weird to then have to have yeah. to be f- forced into that. So, so with the Manics, the kind of a music that you're into growing up, I don't want to be stereotypical <laughs> and say the, the Manics, the, the stereophonics, and you know, but what, it was, was it like? yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> it was, you know. So no, I I got into music late. Um, we had records at home. We had Johnny Cash records. Yeah. We had a lot of Welsh language records. Yes. A lot of uh, Welsh language protest singers like David Iwan, who's still a very successful yeah. singer in Wales. Um, and my cousins were in bands. So um, I knew that there was music out there and I'd listen to, you know, I'd watch Top of the Pops yeah. and CD UK and whatever yeah. else was yeah, yeah, on yeah. the Saturday mornings. You know, watch the videos. And then I got into music when I was about... 13, 14, I started listening to the radio. Yeah. Before that, I was into magic exclusively. Brilliant. Magic was my passion. I used to, used to go around doing magic shows for kids in Amazing. Cardiff. You've got... And this this sounds like an awful plug now, but you've got to listen to, 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 to when we had Alan Moore on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Because he's, he's got an obsession with magic, and he talks about... His 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 philosophies behind magic and about magic, and it's right. absolutely amazing. Yeah, what kind of stuff were you into? What were your... Well, areas. you know, my entry point, if you like, was Paul Daniels. Obviously. Of course. Um, Paul Daniels and Debbie McGee, prime time, BBC One, Saturday yeah. night, 6pm, sewing ladies in half, linking rings, magic tricks, bunnies, you know, I yeah. loved it. Yeah. David Copperfield was around. Yeah. Younger listeners to your podcast, Pitbull, he's like a, an older David Blaine. Yeah, essentially, he was. He? He, was, he was an early David Blaine. He was, he was cool and credible, but... Yeah. Yeah. You went but out with Claudia Schiffer. There you go. I think. Yeah, yeah. how think how much cooler and, and more credible can you get? <laughs> it's weird that we've never gone that route on on Saturday night a TV since. Obviously, Dynamo and people like that mm. have blown up and had, had shows, but they're always kind of cool uh, late night, weeknight type things. Rather than at that point, that was a massive deal, wasn't it? To have yeah. the magic shows on a Saturday night and stuff like that. It was yeah. exciting. It was. It's, it's like music, isn't it? It's like the international language of magic. In that, yeah. you know, Paul Dance would get a Romanian magician on, or yeah. you know, uh, um, I don't know, uh, um, from anywhere in the world, you'd have yeah. a different magician on, and they wouldn't speak, but yeah. there'd be some awful cheesy music on, and they'd do their magic, and it worked. On every stage in the world, yeah, and completely, and it's just it's 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 so translatable in that way. Yeah, it's just it's, it's that. brilliant. That's why I liked it really was that it was it was entertaining, and obviously then I started learning the tricks with my yeah. Paul Daniels magic set. Came to see David Copfield playing in Earl's Court. Oh wow! I think for my eleventh birthday. Did and you have any annoyance over um, a Tommy Cooper because he was the master of? making it look as if he was useless when yeah. actually it was incredibly skilled and, yeah. and masterful. So there's a, a level of that that I think you'd think you'd watch that and go, oh, I'll learn that. And then you you can never pull it off quite actually as slick, even though he's made it look ridiculous. That's it. I mean, Tommy Cooper is the ultimate, isn't it? Yeah. As you say, he makes it look so 
easy. It, intentionally, yeah. But for magicians, it would be even better. For people who thought they were proper magicians, yeah. like I did, yeah. going, I know how he does that, and yeah. I know what he's going to do to make people think that it's, gone, that wrong. it's gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. actually happened. It's so clever, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I guess, I mean, yeah, I, I loved magic and close-up, and I used to spend all my pocket money on... There's a shop. I don't know if you've been to Davenport Magic. No, I It's don't in Charing Cross. Right. So next time, if you're ever in London... Yeah. Uh, pod, Pip's podcast listeners go to and you stop off at Charing Cross. Get off and in the underground. Yes, um, sure I've seen there's actually, like a yeah. there's like a gym shop which sells weights yep. and stuff. And opposite that, there's Davenport's Magic, which is the most incredible shop. I'm sure I have I've, have looked in there. It's kind of quite packed, isn't it? It's kind it's of packed. overwhelming with with, yeah. with what it's got in there. And it's not in a row of shops. It's yeah. quite in a. You don't know, it's really weird when you find it, yeah. but if, if you're into it, go and have a little look. I, but lo- I love the mystery of, 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 yeah. of shops like that. I always remember when my dad took us once in, there's kind of near, what's it near, near Bond Street, there's kind of off the beaten track, there's essentially a spy shop. All right. And it just sells all spy stuff, wow. so it's all listening devices. It's got oh. it's got like a one man submarine. Genuinely, wow. it's got all sorts of camera stuff and just weird. And the sad thing is, because I, I ended up speaking to him for something I was making, and they were saying the sad thing is we generally have old husbands in getting stuff to because they they think their wives are cheating on oh, them. Oh right! So it's kind of sad. You have this illusion of it being this, mm, you know, this James secret Bond. agent James Bond. It's like <laughs> no, it's rich old men who think their 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 pretty young wives are cheating on wow. them and. They probably are. Is the, is the, is the shop still there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, it is. Right, right. It's great. It's just, it's, it's by a big square. I, I, again, I can't, I can't think of the name of it, but yeah, it's easy enough to find, but it's just, it's just a spy shop. It's yeah, beautiful. I love that. Yeah. So it's, it's the same with the magic shop, really. You feel like you get entering a bygone era, you know? Yeah, completely. The, it's the, the, the cups and balls are covered with dust. Yeah. The magic wands are a little bit saggy. Yeah, exactly. But you'll see something amazing there. And that's what I love about it. There's the whole discipline thing about it. Yeah. Um, it's, I guess it's like I don't play any instruments, but yeah. I spend a lot of time learning sleight of hand. Yeah. And, you know, in the mirror, at home, it's doing the, magic. It's tricks. the discipline of it all t- t- Love it. to then be able to again, as we said earlier, to, to then be able to casually do it. Yeah, at a late date, and it's the same. I was, I was discussing with someone uh, last night that a while ago I started a, a learning piano, mm. and I've stopped for a bit, but I want to learn and learn and learn just quietly and privately so that one day in 10 years time there'll be a piano somewhere <laughs> and I won't have mentioned it and I'll just be able to casually just start playing and it's the same thing you'll put tens of hours into yeah. sleight of hand just so you can casually go here you go <laughs> and make it a throwaway thing yeah. you know it's not a big deal yeah I, I mean that's what Dynamo does so yeah. well isn't it yeah. I know there's camera crews there and they've put a lot of effort into making the tv shows but he's got that just talent, isn't he? He's got yeah. that enthusiasm. Yeah. He's so humble, and yeah. um, you would notice him. And just that kind of. Just look at this. And then boom! Yeah. Look at this quickly, and that's oh my word, that's amazing. It's a block of ice. So, so, did you ever do anything with your magic? Were you a, a gigging magician at any I, point? Well, As a I, youngster, I'd imagine I was when I was like eleven. Yeah, I I named myself Houdini. Houdini, brilliant name. Because I was obsessed with all the old magicians. <laughs> Harry Houdini, uh, David Devant. Yeah. Um, uh, Chung Ling Su, Ali Bongo, Paul Daniels, even though he was still around. Yeah. I just loved it all. And um, I I was the only Welsh-speaking magician yeah. in Cardiff in the area for a yeah. while. So you'd have all these 
kids' parties yeah. and they needed entertainment yeah. in Welsh. So I offered my services and I did like half-hour magic shows for about two, three, four years. I, I loved that. it. I spent all the money on more magic tricks. Yeah. And then, you know, when I got into music, when I was about 14, 15, thanks to the radio, I then started yeah. spending the money less on magic tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, you know, like a lot of hobbies, you get bored. Yeah. And you realise that you're not that good. Yeah. And you better leave this <laughs> yeah. to people who actually yeah. know what they're doing, you know. Yeah. Um, it's got to be a point where you have to have that horrible realisation of, I'm really good at doing these wonderful tricks that someone else has told me how to do yeah. if you know what i mean rather yeah. than being the ones who are going right let's reinvent you know what i mean that, yeah. that 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 creativity you go damn i'm 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 good at learning which again that's a good thing but. i guess yeah i guess so but it's the only thing i've been good at learning yeah and even that i did not i didn't do that well <laughs> you know it was magic chase you still, still had the best name for a welsh speaking magician well, that's Houdini just Houdini was good. genius yeah it was a good one um, um i mean <laughs> i've got some notes and we're going to go along and obviously we're going to get get into radio but you mentioned um a welsh speaking a few times and that's i know an important thing to you and you've Mm. you've you've released music uh, you know you've put you've had a a a label still releasing a welsh speaking music Mm. um but how important is that to you and 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 the preservation of the language and why well i mean i was brought up as a welsh speaker so welsh is my first language English is my second language. I spoke Welsh at home. I still speak Welsh with my mum and dad um, and my sisters yeah. and, you know, my family. My wife speaks Welsh as well, so I speak yeah. it at home in London as well. Yeah. And I still work in Welsh. You know, I do a show once a week for BBC Radio Cymru, yeah. which is a two-hour um, pop music show, yeah. essentially, on the Welsh BBC service. So, I mean, yeah, Welsh is, you know, Welsh is my first language, um, so growing up, that's the language that we speak at home. My dad learned yeah. it in uni and brought us up speaking Welsh, even that's though he's great. from an English-speaking um, fa- family and background originally, yeah. you know. Um, but my mum was from a uh, was from Aberystwyth, and my dad was from the valleys, from Pontypridd. So, um, so yeah, Welsh is a big part of yeah. of, uh, of my life. I guess and that's it. it's 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 great to. I think it is important to preserve these things, or, or but. I think the releasing of, of, of music and culture in, yeah. in Welsh is important because it's not just preserving. It's not going, oh, here's some old stuff in or some tr- 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 traditional hymns or whatever. It's yeah. going, no, this is something that we can keep alive and keep as a valid and well, in, engaging thing. We do both things really well in Wales. Yeah. We celebrate the past yeah. really well. We've got yeah. the Eisteddfod, which um, is the Welsh language the welsh cultural festival yeah the first one ever was on primrose hill right. in london yeah. there's a plaque if you ever go up primrose hill there's a big circular plaque on the top of the hill about yola morganog and the first ever eisteddfod um, right. of the bards of britain yeah um and then it moves to a different different part of wales every year so it'll go right. north and south and, and vice versa and so on and so on so it's a week-long celebration of of the welsh art That's i amazing, guess there's, yeah. there's poetry recitals you can win a crown and a chair and um you know people enter poems and dramas and there's um, traditional dancing and then yeah. at night there's the gig element so you have yeah. the new bands playing um yeah. uh, in a field you know and hundreds of thousands of people go to this amazing every year. it's one of the I think again, the, as you yeah. said, that's key to keep it. It's huge to keep it's it huge. valid. Otherwise, it will become like 
the the school fate. So do you know what I mean? The thing that your parents are making you go to. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's it's that key to go right. Actually, we're all also gonna yeah get drunk and enjoy ourselves as as well as this totally. part of culture and history. You know, absolutely. I read an amazing article recently in Loud and Quiet Music Magazine. Yeah. With Gwena. So Gwena signed to um, Heavenly Records now, and she's just released a Welsh language album. There's one yeah. song in it in Cornish. Right. Um, <laughs> it's had amazing reviews, and she's a, you know, it's a brilliant album, and she's playlisted on BBC Six Music. Amazing. So I'll be in the kitchen listening to Six Music, and all of a sudden, a Welsh language song will come on. Yeah. And it, it's incredible. I yeah. feel the need to tweet it every time I hear yeah, it, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. as you do, because it's so exciting, you know, without a big introduction going, now, listen, listeners, this is in Welsh. Yeah. You know, if you don't speak Welsh, you may not like that. If you yeah. know, you might want to turn away. So it's really exciting. So, and Gwena says um, uh, in that, that in, in the article that if you can't cry and laugh and kind of enjoy everything through the language that you speak, mm-hmm. then what's the point you know you've yeah. got to have everything available so you have to have middle of the road you have to have experimental yeah. and it's yeah. all there just obviously it's you know there's about five hundred thousand, i think welsh speakers so yeah. it's on a smaller scale no but still know. that's still a huge amount and again it's, it, 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 it 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 goes a long way to explain and justify why it's something that needs preserving and helps preserving because again as you said yeah. if that's your language is that if, if that's your first language then it's outrageous to say that the only only way that you can use it is in traditional text or in traditional this or that kind of thing that's absolutely and that's that's how i got into music really was knowing that you know i was i used to listen to raja Cymru to the late night shows yeah so the first hip-hop i got into is welsh language hip-hop oh wow it was that, and then the Beastie Boys. Yeah, Hello Nasty, Intergalactic. Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. my in point to, to the world of hip hop. Um, so, is 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 there a lot of of Welsh language hip hop? Because again, it's a fascinating a language with sounds that we don't really have in yeah. in 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 English. So, yeah, again, there's I, I always find that exciting with French hip hop, with German hip hop, with all sorts of other stuff. That even though I'm not understanding it, you get to go, wow, they've got some different tools to play with there's right. a different setup of different um sounds and rhythms that they can use because because of the language that they're speaking in of course yeah there's different tones yeah. and jokes and pauses and just sounds like yeah. our oi yeah it's probably something incredible in german I don't yeah. Know what yeah, it yeah, is. yeah 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 exactly but yeah. there is there has been a lot of interest in welsh hip-hop the yeah. first crew i got into was tustion um it was 1997 the album came out and so it'll be coming up to 20 years. Yeah. And it was so exciting because it wasn't a Welsh... I mean, you've got everything traditional. I mean, you've got choirs and you've got yeah. folk, but then even bands became traditional in a way. Yeah, like Another yeah. indie rock band, you know. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. Whereas this exactly. was hip-hop and it was so exciting. And they'd swear in Welsh and they made a, a warning um, offensive language sticker in Welsh Brilliant. on the sleeve. And again, it's exciting because, as you said, because it was a new or such a new genre... It had only been in an American accent originally. I mean, even hearing English hip hop was exciting because you're like, "Wow, it. it's it's, yeah. it's it's that." But it's not, as you said, it's not just a rock band. It's not just a metal band or whatever. It's yeah. it's this different thing. So I can't even imagine how exciting that must be in yeah I, I, in, the, in I, your native tongue. Absolutely, I loved Skinny Man and Roots Maneuver. Yeah, and the odd hip hop track that I hear on the radio, you know, yeah, in an English accent. I knew of like you know Rodney P a little bit yeah, yeah, and yeah. that kind of thing. But to hear it then in Welsh, yeah, and in mind blowing, right? And obviously within Wales, there's not just one Welsh accent. There's yeah. 
a Valleys accent, there's a North Wales accent, yeah. there's a Cardiff accent. So you've got all these, it goes smaller and smaller. Within Cardiff, you've got different accents, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a big one. And then since then, there's been a lot of interesting hip-hop, crew called Pepler Pew from Puff yeah. Maddog in North Wales, Pepler Pew. And there's a guy called Mr Formula mm-hmm. called Ed Holden, who's a great beatboxer. And um, he mentors a lot of young rappers coming through as well. He releases them on his own label. He's got his own studio in North Wales. Yeah. Um, so he does a lot of interesting things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the the time and effort and, and, and focus that you had to put into to, to learning sleight of hand and magic <laughs> was clearly something that you applied to music as well. Because saying you only really got into music at, at 14, uh, 15, yeah. Yeah. you must have gone in pretty fucking hard because <laughs> yeah. you were then um like, i think you were 17 weren't you when when radio one yeah. took you on as the as the as the youngest host they've they've ever had so i mean to go from not really being into music to being mm. a radio one standard kind of a representative of your country and everything is that's pretty intense so it, that must it, have been a it, real <laughs> jump in it was intense and it was a jump in i mean what happened was when i was i guess 14 onwards i I got obsessed with radio. Yeah. Um, Virgin 1215 AM yeah. was something that I'd listen to all the time. Yeah, yeah. They had, this is how old school it is, they had a, a, an on-air campaign to get Virgin 1215 AM onto FM. Brilliant. You'd have to write to them. They'd send you petitions in the post, which I would then take to school. Amazing. Persuade my fellow classmates, look, just sign this, we want to get Virgin on the FM. Dedication, yeah. Post it back and you'd get a sticker in return. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, thank God for the internet. Yeah, right. I love um, that. So it was uh, Virgin Radio was everything, and I obsessed with it. Then I got into Steve Lamack and Joe Wiley in the evening yep. session, and Radio One, yeah, uh, and John Peel listening yep, to their shows, and because Virgin made me think, you know, that they'd play Crowded House and Cheryl Crow and um, Alanis Morissette, and yeah. I thought that was it. I thought this is the most exciting music out there. Yeah, and then obviously you. Uh, Dimensions change, don't they? Yeah. So listening to Steve Lamack and Joe Wiley play Oasis and yeah. Blur and Fatboy Slim is like, oh, okay, there's yeah. something out there called Big Beat, and you know, there's... it's it's fascinating. People like Lamack and Joe, mm. um, how where they've now found their homes, and you're now used to them. You kind of forget how key that they were for yeah. new music, like on Radio One and things like that, and yeah. just how even though particularly at, at, at Joe's kind of peak in that way. I don't want to say peak because I think she's mm. maintained a, a, a level, but a peak in that way of Paul, that was everyone referred to it as the most powerful kind of show in, in music, in, in the industry, at least it was referred to as that. But she would be bringing through a new music. She, she wouldn't yeah. j- j- just be playing a playlist. She would genuinely be passionate about it and genuinely know what she was talking about. And, and I said... Lamac as well. Obviously, everyone always references Peel, and rightfully so for yeah. all he did for, uh, for bringing through a new music. But people like Lamac, and as we mentioned, a John Kennedy around that time were yeah. were doing exactly the same. It's late night radio, isn't it? Basically, yeah. and yeah. it's the excitement of the new, I suppose, and what yeah. you don't you don't know what you're going to hear next. And you, you know, yeah. I went from Billy Joel and Meatloaf to the world of new music at night and yeah. fell in love with it, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you're right, it's, it is so exciting. Um, and that's what got me hooked, I guess. At the same time, um, all the Welsh bands were blowing up, you know, yeah. Stereophonics were coming out for the first time with a great debut album. Um, Manix, 
were, you know, already at Huge. three albums deep, but, you know, Everything Must Go was coming out. Yeah. And then you had Super Furry Animals and Catatonia. Of course. And Gorky's Iconic Gorky's, Monkey, yeah, who, legendary. You know, I adored those three bands. Yeah. And they were from my country. They were, you'd see them in Cardiff. Yeah. You'd see, you know, I remember seeing Gorky's walking into a rehearsal space and then hearing them on John Peel yeah. that night. And I remember... I, I had you know, great excitement. So I heard Gorky's on, on, on Radio 5 Live the other day. All right. So when, when again, you I'm sure you could predict it was Mr. Colin Murray choosing ah, this because, again, right. another one who at Radio 1 just played some amazing stuff and really brought a lot of yeah. great music for you. But they have a thing on his show where um, you're allowed to choose a song for the day and he chose, and all the, all the sports commentators were all mocking him and saying, this is weird, what's going on? And, it, and he was just saying... Gorky's a just a wonderful band, and it was. I think it was one of their more summary songs. It okay. was a nice summary day. I was like, "Wow, man! I never thought I'd hear, hear Gorky's on a, a talk sport channel." That's incredible. Yeah, that's good. Good on Colin. Yeah. I mean, he's right. They are a wonderful band, and you know, they. Um, I could go and see him play in Cardiff. Yeah. So you you know you read about these bands in Melody Maker NME. Yeah. You'd see them on Jules Holland or Top of the Pops. You'd hear them on the radio. And they were from your town, yeah, your city. Again, there's so that extra exciting. connection and <gasps> excitement, isn't there? You know, it's I, I can't put put into words how exciting it was and mm. how wonderful it felt and proud, I guess you were. Yeah, yeah. So at the same time, then you wanted like that, you know, you wanted to know who was next. Yeah. So you'd find out about local labels, and there was a label called Angst, which yep. was um, first released Super Furries and Gorkies, but did Topper and Big Leaves and lots of other great mm-hmm. bands as well. Um, it's crazy because you forget how many at that, that at that time. Oh, I forget how many at a time. As, as soon as you're listing Super Furries and Catatonia mm. and all these, they were all huge at that point. And, and Catatonia in particular just absolutely blew up. You yeah. kind of think of the Manics and Stereophonics, and that's that's the big blow up of Welsh. But no, there were uh, particularly at that point. I say uh, Catatonia were potentially the biggest of the lot in, yeah. in chart success and yeah. whatnot at that point. I mean, Kelis Matthews incredible radio host now right? yeah, and does again. amazing really interesting things with music but she's yeah. a brilliant rock and roll front woman yeah. as well yeah. you know she did it and so again, well and again it's beautiful to see how that translates because her show um again it still has that a, a creativity of trying to do interesting stuff do you know what i mean not yeah. just going here's here's some songs like really that you feel involved when she's doing her stuff so yeah yeah a lot of work goes into that show yeah. i think you can tell by listening yeah. you know that yeah completely it's, it's not, not just, just to turn up next? and let's play some songs now yeah <laughs> i like that on the radio as well yeah. oh, but, completely but, you know sometimes it's yeah you can tell that she's poured over that so, show for a week again the thing that's already jumping out as, as fascinating as to me is because i mean i've i know you're you know, the same age as me, but it's still weird because you see, because you got in, in so young, yeah. I've always seen you as being around and on the radio or about that. It's fascinating when you're then going, so in my teens, I was listening to the Mannix and all that. It's like, that feels odd. Cause obviously with John, John Kennedy was like in my teens, it was the seventies and, and this sure, kind of thing. But yeah. I guess, cause you got in at such a young age, yeah. your teens were, were when you were then potentially thinking about what influence you could have as well and what you could push out there and get out there that's it it was very much i want to get involved i'm not in a band yeah but it, like like every 
most DJs, I guess. Yeah. How do I get involved? I love this music. Yeah. I want to get, you know, so I write yeah, I've got fanzines. A good, I've got yeah. a good CD collection. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. how can I turn this into something? Exactly. And being a DJ sounded like the best job ever. Yeah. And I, I think it probably is one yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, um, yeah, I just got into hospital radio then. Yeah. So through the Duke of Edinburgh Award, there was a youth club in Whitchurch. Yeah. They got me into hospital radio. Um and I'd volunteer there. So I did that for about two years. So I would sort out the vinyl, put it in alphabetical order, dust the vinyl, yeah. sort out the studios and watch DJs do their shows. Then I got my own show on a Tuesday night, then a Saturday. So, you know, yeah. I got to play um, new Welsh bands next to Roxy Music. Amazing, yeah. You know, all, all this great music, you yeah. know. So that's where I learned how to do radio, I suppose. And again, I guess the f- the freedom, essentially, of, of hospital radio, because... Um, Again, I think history has shown that can be a great proving ground and training ground because mm. essentially, you've. It sounds harsh, but they they're they're grateful to have someone doing this, so you can kind of a lot of the time choose a lot of your own. Go right, I'm just gonna here's some stuff I want to share with you, rather than going straight into somewhere like daytime radio one, which obviously no one can go straight into, but just sure. using this example where sure. here's what you have to play now. You know, you, yeah. you know, or to an extent, I'm not. It's obviously it's deeper than that, but to an extent. So, starting off somewhere where where you can have such variation must have set you up well to um, first. I assume you first came in in on on on, on Welsh uh, a BBC radio, right? Was no. that the no? Was it straight? I was straight into radio one, jumping straight into radio so one. I mental, love it. So I was doing hospital it's radio. Insane. Yeah, hospital radio to to the biggest station it, in the incredible in the country. But it was radio one. Yeah, it was radio one in Wales. So yeah. it, I should say, when is all these Welsh bands doing really well? Yeah, and the music being incredible. It was devolution in Wales as well. So the Welsh Assembly was being established, mm. and so you of know, course. there's definite connection there i think between the excitement in wales yeah. and the whole devolution in the uk of scotland getting its own parliament wales getting an assembly to begin with and in around 1999 so radio one at the time i think the bbc trust said you need to do more in scotland wales and northern ireland yeah so uh, they started they split the, the network yeah. so on a yeah. thursday night uh, um, at 7 30 p.m Wales would get his it own show. Go, yeah, Myself yes, and Beth and yes, Alvin got the job of presenting. Yeah. Scotland was Vic Galloway and Jill Mills. Yeah. And then Northern Ireland was the aforementioned Colin Murray yeah, and Donna yeah. Legg, you know. So uh, and that, so Steve Lamack would still broadcast in England. And how great is that, that that was the, the was way really it went? Again, it's, it's kind of sad that that isn't there now because the beauty of that now would be that you'd also, with digital, be able to tune in anywhere to any of them. That's and that would be an amazing thing if we had this specific... All these different regions yeah. with that, with again such great hosts, Vic, Colin, yeah, everyone, all yeah. amazing. They've done amazing things. So yeah, no, it was really exciting. That's a great. Obviously, time. that was on FM, and obviously yeah. digital radio hadn't kicked in. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, listening online was I was it was happening, but yeah. not on the scale that it is now, yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, we were really lucky that the BBC did it. It cost a lot of money to yeah. do, like everything does. So and that was our way in, and yeah. that was. You know, it was a, it was a dream come true. I never thought I'd be a Radio One DJ. Yeah, not in a million years. I thought I'd like to be a DJ, but I was happy doing you know yeah. my hospital radio yeah. shows. I was answering the phones at the local BBC, Brilliant. so I knew yeah. what a BBC studio looked like. Yeah. Um, I'd go to gigs. I'd write you know do reviews for the radio. Yeah, but I never thought 
we do that. But that's what happened. You know, they were looking for Welsh presenters. So Bethan, Elvin and myself, we got the job of, of doing it. We did it for seven years, I think, on Radio 1 in Wales. And then we'd yeah. get a chance then to stand in for Steve Lamack. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Zane Lowe came in, so we'd stand in for Zane. Yeah. And, and do that. And Again, I mean, I feel you've always been a go-to guy for stand-ins as well, which I think is a, oh, yeah. is, is, yeah. is a great thing on daytime, on Super evening, depth. on anywhere. Kind of, it, it seems to be, oh, we've got someone off for a period. And with Zane and with other people, you feel that they fit where they fit and that's where they fit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of... and But if it, it felt like they were always excited and, and happy to, to to slot you, you know, to, tr- to try you out at least that's anywhere. It. Yeah, that's what businesses do, isn't it? That's what companies and corporations do. They yeah. try people out and see if they yeah. can do it. So when I was like, you know... I, I, you're right, I, I have depth for a lot of people, stood in for a lot of people, and I've loved that, you know. I mean, a, a, a massive one, obviously, um, in 2005, with the passing of John Peel... Mm. Um, you, Russ Kwame, and, and Rob the Bank were kind of the three that were f- f- filling that yeah. void for a period, kind yeah. of to kind of step in and go right. We've we need that a late night and a new music vibe, which, as you said, you only discovered that some years before. It's do you true, know what I mean? That's true, what yeah. you'd fallen in love with. So yeah. to get to then, obviously under tra- tragic circumstances, because yeah. it's losing a great, but still to get to step in there and go right now. I mean, yeah, it must have been less than 10 years ago that you were like, t- t- 10 years ago I was discovering this. Absolutely, and now yeah. I am this. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, amazing. Well, it was it was great to do, to do those shows. They called it One Music. They yeah. developed like a, for want of a better word, a brand, like a yeah. name of a, a, for the for the three shows. It was One Music, which I guess later became BBC Introducing, yeah. you know. So to do it with Rob and Rass, and we had yeah. our own two-hour show. Yeah. Um as you say in tragic circumstances yeah, yeah, yeah. after after John Peel died. Um and I met him a couple of times, you know, and yeah. got to meet you know, talk Amazing. to him about music, go to his house and talk to him about Welsh bands like that bluggy. Wow. I was still going. So you know, it was incredible. It's such an exciting time. And yeah, I mean so since then we just kind of I love the the the, the, the BBC <laughs> respect of Peel there of, of when he's gone, it's like we're going to need at least three people to replace him. Well, <laughs> Which again, that. I love that. That's kind of beautiful as well. Because yeah. like, it's going to be tough to find. Because it, and I guess taking a completely new format of that one music type approach mm. was a way of not putting the pressure on anyone to be the new John Peel. It, it took the pressure off of going right, Hugh. I'm afraid you're now having to fill these shoes, which yeah. is a huge amount of pressure. So that's a kind of a, a great idea to go, no, here's here's a new thing. Here's it what was. we're doing here. I don't think any of us thought we were yeah. replacing in any way. Yeah. And there's been a lot of talk since then, you know, well, you know, since Everyone's, John's passing. Who is the new John Peel? Who is, yeah. And I don't think that will ever happen. He no, was a tr- I, I think it was a true one-off. Um, and obviously there's BBC Six Music, which yeah. a lot of people say, well, that that is the that John Peel replacement. The new, it took a whole yeah, station yeah, 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 to, replace, to, to, yeah. to reflect. I get but that. Of course, I think he was so good at what he did over the decades, particularly when I got into him. You know, it was an exciting time because it was before the internet. Yeah. Um, and it was before digital radio, it was before online listening. And it was on, you know, it was when FM radio was, was still king. So 
those two, yeah. three hours he was on doing the show, playing whatever he wanted. Yeah. It, it was like a musical map on the airwaves. Oh, that was it. I mean, that's And exactly... I think a lot of shows still do that. You know, there's that yeah. ethos, there's that P-esque ethos of, we like a bit of everything, we'll play a bit of everything. Completely. It, it feels that on, 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 on the BBC after Peel, it felt that that, that, that Essex, that 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 ethic and an essence mm. went into you to Robbie to Zane in in, 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 in many yeah. extents that yeah. it was like right this isn't the rock show this isn't the hip hop show this is a music show and yeah. again I mentioned this to John but a, a your show I'd say is one as well that when as a as a label manager now when we've got a new band yours is one of the shows that will go. Well, it's worth sending to Hugh because it, it it could fit regardless of the genre. With sure. like again, I'm a massive fan of Eddie Temple Morris's show, but there's certain stuff I know isn't going to fit his show. Sure, there's, I'm going to go right. There's too much guitar in this, or you know, yeah. or vice versa. Whereas your show is still one of them ones standing there that you can go right. No, this is this it's it's worth running by. You know, it's, it's a platform, isn't it? It's yeah. what it's what we do is. It's always that thing of DJs, people say, oh, I've got a really eclectic music taste, I like a bit of everything, yeah. you know, because cause it's my job, yeah. and, you know, I, you do look for interesting records and yeah. different sounding records and um, I'm not going to, you know, go deep into grime, I'm not going to go deep into yeah. electronic, I'm not going to go deep into jazz, but, you know, you dabble, you like everybody, so, yeah. you know, it's like, Skipping through an MP3 player, isn't it? It's like going, what do I fancy listening to now? I want, I want some rap. Completely. I want some in punk, you know, yeah. and, and and mixing it up. It was the beauty of of of, of night shifts when I worked at HMV because we had specific members of staff at that point who ran the jazz section, who ran the hip hop section, who ran the dance section, who mm. ran. So they were experts on it. And on a night shift, you'd generally get to pick a CD each, and it'd, it'd rotate. Oh, wow. And that's exactly that kind of thing. It'd just be that excitement of, right, I've chosen my one, so I'm looking forward to my songs, <laughs> but I'm equally as excited to hear what yeah, comes yeah. from everyone else who genuinely know about these things. And again, it's not going to be a whole evening of getting deep into jazz. It's going to be a jazz song coming on every every five songs or whatever that's, you know, nice. that takes it in there. So, it's, yeah, it, it, it instantly sh- shows I like yours and Robbie's and was brought me back to that of kind of, yeah, this kind of, you never know where it's going to go, and it's not always going to go somewhere you want it to go, or in or or are into as a listener. If, no, if you know, I mean, there's going to be no. stuff where you're like, "This isn't my thing," but I'm glad it's there because mm. there's other stuff that, that that wasn't my thing on first listen, and then suddenly it's hugely my thing. It's yeah. very much my thing. Absolutely, and and having said that, eclecticism, you know, is natural and brilliant, and you know, it's what a lot of people like. I also do love listening to a grime show. Yeah, so I will yeah. listen to. You know, uh, toddler tea on a Thursday night. I mean, that's dance the beauty of reggae. the BBC now is so much of it can be interlinked. Is that that you can play a song and kind of say, if you I like heard that, that yeah. on 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 jam show or on on, yeah. on on Charlie Sloth or on on, on wherever else. Mm. There's such a beautiful interlinking. And again, as as a label now, again to give some 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 tr- a tricks away that comes into cons- consideration. There's an awareness that. If you, for example, uh, uh, when B. Dolan's over, if we get him in with, uh, for a session with a Charlie Sloth and it's good, mm. then that could get played on, on your show, yeah. on Huey's show, on Six Music, on yeah. all these different things. It's like, it's kind, it's exciting that there's that link between all these different genres, that it's not a case of, uh, uh, whereas kind of 
before digital for the kind of music that we were were putting out at least we'd we'd aim for for your show for Robbie's show and then the peak would probably be if we can get Zane's mm-hmm. we wouldn't really have any ambition anywhere other than that because it's not like if it kills it on Zane BBC Two are going to go oh we'll give that a play that, that, yeah, that yeah, went yeah. down well, well and whereas now there is that with all the different um, digital stations all coming together in that respect yeah it's like it's a exciting. massive jigsaw isn't it in yeah. a way it's like DJs want to you know play things that other DJs are playing yeah. I think if they like it and it allows people to go deeper if, if they want to and as you said I'll wait for the next song if they don't you can yeah. kind of say look I'm not going to play an hour of grime but if you're feeling this check out this yeah. go to xyz and yeah. you know you're there Even during my own show you know i know there's brilliant shows on one extra whilst i'm on yeah know? yeah so, so not... i dip into their show yeah. sometimes yeah. Yeah. to see what's happening this you good. know this is nice yeah because yeah. it's uh and also doing radio is it's, it's weird because obviously i'm doing 10 p.m and 1 a.m monday to wednesday i'm in the studio doing the show yeah so i don't you know i'd love to be listening to john kennedy and finding yeah. out what he's yeah. playing you yeah, know yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's where listen again comes in and yeah. track listings and everything and podcasts yeah it's, it's hard to keep up with everything completely so much great music but i mean there. i think it's the beautiful thing of podcasts and the way a lot of the shows are, are putting podcasts out as well i think it's that thing of allows you to listen in your own time and it yeah. allows again it's it's breaking down some of the walls of um, oh, it has to be Radio 1 or XF. Do you know what I mean? Any rivalries or anything like that, it's like, no, it's just, it's good music shows. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. one of the things, uh, when I sat down with uh, a Chris Bourne at XFM, uh, when I had my show, one of the first things I sat down with him was like, I'm only up for doing this if I can say that I heard a song on Hugh's show or on Zane's show or wherever it was, or on John Kennedy's show or mm. or or. Or, or Eddie Temple Morris or Huey Morgan or whoever. I don't want to have to pretend that these other stations don't exist because that's mm. that's not the way that uh, the radio has to be anymore. As you said, it can be this huge pot of people jumping from spot to spot and learning and I think you're right. everyone coming up and thriving together in that way. Absolutely. Um, you, you've always, obviously, you mentioned the um, two words that I think, uh, or, or uh, okay, three three letters and a word that I think are, intrinsically attached to now of bbc introducing oh, yeah. and um i think it's a wonderful thing because it's something that will go out over the regional stations and will then have a home on your show um and and you'll do your introducing section and the stages that you've done at yeah. glastonbury uh redden and leeds um it's the latitude i won an introducing one it because you've done latitude year. from the first or the, the, i think that was the first the, the year that me and Dan played i'm sure yeah. it was an introducing one then and we played that years ago and you it was, headlined we had like it was it's still one of our favorite ever gigs because there's a few reasons number one we lucked out that at that point css didn't have a great live show all right so they were headlining the main stage at the same time <sighs> and a lot of people were leaving and again they're an amazing band that's not and it's just at that point they didn't have for that kind of show and a lot of and it happened that the lake stage was in the in the thoroughfare of where you leave the main stage so our crowd just grew and grew and grew right and by the time we were doing thou shout we had a huge crowd there so exciting and it was like this is this is amazing but it was the year of thou shout yeah 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 you know as 
you know, everybody, Zane was playing it. You did Made of Vale, I think. Yeah, yeah, we did Made of Vale, yeah. For, for Zane in January. Yeah. Um, and John Kennedy, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. playing it and Rob DeBank Rob and myself. We were fully, loving it. Yeah. So it was, an, you know, it was made perfect sense for you and yeah. Dan to headline. I remember that. It's it was the first ever, ever stage we headlined. It right. was absolutely, yeah. And the last one. Amazing. No. <laughs> and the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was incredible. Because I've seen you at Latitude since in the, yeah. liter- in the literary yeah, 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 yeah. arena. Was it the poetry? I'm not sure. But it's it was... the literary arena, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. That's what I love about that festival, scene. you know, is that I don't go to a lot of literature or poetry yeah. events or comedy. Yeah. I go to gigs, you know. When I go to Latitude, I bear, I normally struggle to watch any music because of that stuff that's so available. So and music, again, if you're doing 10 festivals even over a summer, you're going to get a lot of chance to see a lot of good music. You so are, it's kind true, of at Latitude, yeah. you do kind of go, right, there's... Adam Buxton is doing his yeah. his, his, his interactive kind of bug show there and just yeah. all sorts of other stuff. You're like... It's amazing. Even just traditional poets. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, I hadn't heard of, and you, you just stumble upon them, you listen to 10 minutes of them reciting their poetry, and you're a fan, you, you know, know you source, remember yeah. the name, it's so good. But the year you played, yeah, it might have been the BBC Introducing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we do, there's the BBC Introducing um, stages at the festivals. Latitude, I've curated kind of independently. Yeah, yeah. From the first one for 10 years. Yeah, now. Latitude's 10 amazing. years old, yeah. Which is brilliant. That's yeah. another great, you know, very lucky to do that. Yeah. Total freedom to book whoever almost. Yeah, that's amazing, right? Um, and then the introducing one, I mean, what BBC introducing came about because the BBC's huge, apart from Radio yep. 1 and Radio 2 and 6 and 1 Extra, mm-hmm. there's all the local BBC stations. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in any part of the UK, your local station yeah. might be your Radio 1 or yeah. your Radio yeah, 2, you completely. know. You might listen to it for news and for entertainment, traffic, whatever. So, and they all pretty much all had a new music show. Yeah. Which would support new music at some point for a couple of hours during the schedule. So BBC Introducing thought, well, let's make more of an impact of that. Yeah. So rather than one DJ in Sheffield playing amazing music, but nobody else outside of Sheffield Hearing knowing it, yeah, about yeah. it, that's a shame, you know. It yeah. needs th- let's make more of an impact. So that's how, how Introducing and came I, about. I, I love that because it allows, I guess, in in essence, it's it's following your path in of being the 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 welsh radio one and then they're then getting that crossover the, the thing that's exciting is and for any new bands are listening who kind of turn their nose up at their local station or whatever it's the beautiful thing there is you can kind of you've gotten in because it's far easier to get a play on 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 your local a BBC station on BBC Essex on BBC Sheffield or whatever. Yeah. But then if that goes down well and you can drum support, it's a route into in into your show on full national a radio one international radio yeah. one. So it's kind of absolutely. It's, I love that there's there's an avenue there that you can go right. I can I can see a way in now rather than when previously you'd look and go. I don't know how to get played on Radio 1. I've not got a, a radio plug or I've not got a label or all this. It's mm. like, I don't know how to do it. There's now, mm. well, here's a way. Mm. It's not a guarantee, but here's here's at least something to aim for and a route in, which I think is great. That's how it works. It's as simple as that, you know. Bands who play locally and, as you say, have a relationship with their local BBC Introducing yeah. show. I mean, there's so many examples from, like, you know the, the show in Nottingham is is brilliant. BBC yeah. East Midlands. Dean Jackson there supports so much great artists like Jake Berg in Indiana, and he's yeah. been playing him for a while before passing him on to us. Yeah, and we you know we hear it, we love it, we keep supporting them. 
So there's loads of great examples. And it's about, you know, bands will always want to go home to play. Artists will always want to have that local pride. And there is that pride from wherever you're from. If it's from a village or a part of London or a city, you know, you you want local people to do well. You want to get interested in in the local music scene. So... BBC Introducing tries to reflect that, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's about, as you say, you might not have a, a, a label or an agent or a promoter. You might not understand how the complicated music industry works. Yeah. That's something you learn over time, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, completely. But as long as the music's great, then yeah. we'll, and again, often we'll the, play it. The accessibility there is, is you can go on the regional sites and there's submission pages to upload your mp3 to put your information in so again it's really it's set out for you there it's really it's kind of mm. a case of if, if you look into it then you can find can find a way so yeah. i love that um you mentioned there of supporting people early on and when doing a bit of research for today i uh, i hated you a little bit why because i've always been very proud um of having a a young fathers on on the beat down in the studio and supporting oh, yeah. young fathers from early on. And I was looking at your "A Music Sounds Better with Hugh" um, yeah. thing from two thousand and nine CD you put out, yeah. and you had the young fathers on there in, in two thousand and nine, which infuriated me because that way outbeats and outranks my <laughs> my early support of them. Hey, as long as people know them, that's as long the as people know that, yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, I, I think things like that are amazing. It's great. It must be great for you to see things like that again that pride it's not that a local pride but it's like right i've been excited about these guys for a long time and now they've won a mercury and people are really seeing how amazing they are i think they've changed a lot since then musically um we took them to play the bbc introducing stage at sona in barcelona yes around that time and it was thanks to radio one in scotland vic galloway is a big supporter of young fathers yeah i loved them put them on that compilation you mentioned um and yeah I mean, it just shows, I think, things don't happen overnight. No, no. Occasionally they do, yep. but it's about hard work. You know, I've had artists who've played the Lake Stage at Latitude 10 years ago. Yeah. And, the, you know, they're only starting to break through now yeah. and to release yeah. records worldwide and find their voice, find their style. It's, it's, all, it's all a learning curve. As Again, as, yeah. as you as an example of coming in at 17 and developing and, and developing, and I'm sure... Y- your style has changed on radio a lot as you've learnt more over the years. But people like y- a, y- a young fathers, when they appeared to explode out of nowhere, mm. their their live show was so polished and so different from what they used to be, kind of thing. And mm. their and their sound had developed as well. So yeah, it's kind of it's yeah, it, it's again it's the Tommy Cooper thing. It's making it seem like it was easy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I've, yeah. I've never heard of these guys, but they're the most polished, finished, wonderful thing I've seen. No, they've spent y- years polishing and working that yeah. but it's just giving that illusion that exactly and oh and we just stumbled into this there's there's um catfish and the bottle men as well yeah who, who are doing so well at the moment yeah, you know, at the the moment. debut albums just come out they've been doing it i think steve lamack played them on the radio about six years ago yeah you know a demo and they've just stuck at it um That's i crazy. did a, a, one of these music panels recently and somebody was going how do i get signed i want to get signed i haven't been signed how do i get signed and i asked him how many gigs have you played he said three yeah, it's not going to happen after three gigs. I guess unless you're so mad at bands who who don't. You've got just to work gig, at it, gig hard and yeah. work constantly because you've got to do a lot of crap gigs. And that takes commitment, doesn't it? Yeah. It takes time, and a lot of people I think will have done it in previous bands and therefore feel they've paid their dues. But mm. it's like, well, no, whatever you're on at the moment, that still needs to go. Just every time you start a new project, 
you've got a, a look at it as you're starting at the bottom again, but with yeah. new n- knowledge and experience to, yeah. to see how to climb that way. But absolutely, and I think just being focused and believing in yourself. Yeah. Like young fathers are a great example of that. They're yeah. going on tour with Paul Weller soon. Yeah, if you'd have told me. You know, yeah, if yeah. you still tell me now, I still find it so really? exciting How's to that? believe yeah, yeah, that, yeah, you know. Yeah. But because they've got this vision... That's going to be amazing it, it is to see how amazing. the crowd reacts. I always remember the years ago, me and Dan had supported a Billy Bragg, and it was the first time we'd done anything with Billy and become a firm favourite now and firm friends. But mm. the first few songs, because we didn't have guitars, people were like, <laughs> what is going on? And then as soon as we got to a bit more of the political stuff and stuff like that, that by the end... We'd won them over completely. There was it. It was it, it showed great faith from Billy to mm-hmm. go right. It will take them a minute, but they're going to get you guys. They're going to see the essence and the and the connection there. And yeah, yeah, and it worked. Yeah, it worked a treat. And yeah. we've, we've headlined his his left field stage course, years later yeah. and had all these amazing experiences with his fan base. So mm. yeah, it's a beautiful thing. But I love a Weller and Young Father seems like amazingly confusing but wonderfully exciting yeah, to see how they isn't it that's what i that. love about um festival lineups you know when you see a poster yeah. for a festival i just i can spend hours studying them just yeah. seeing who's playing where even if i've read it before like you know i'm, I'm looking at the festival lineup yeah quite a lot because like, it's in a lot of the free papers or yeah. whatever online and i just go you know you, st- you stop you study you think about that dj you think about that artist yeah and you go, okay, so that's happening, and that's how it's, happening, yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting. I, I, I've always loved a best of all because Robbie is so adamant about just putting the right things in the right order, if you know what I mean, that fit together nicely. Right. R- rather than going, obviously it's different on the main stage at points, but rather than going, here's your biggest band, here's your next biggest band, here's your next biggest band, do you know what I mean? He'll, he'll generally yeah. go, well, these would work well after these, and yeah, these would go yeah, well yeah. here, and people who like them, I won't have heard of them, but will like it if they come in early and catch the end of it. Do you know what I mean? All that kind of thing. Yeah. There seems like that much intricacy g- 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 going into that. But speaking of putting on festivals, let's talk about, um, is it, it's pronounced soon, isn't it? Soon, it is. soon, soon. No, you're absolutely, it's soon, soon yeah. Soon, I and, thought so. Um, me and my friend it's John. SWN. It's SWN. Yeah. Me and my friend John run it, and we, the, you know, what are we going to call this festival? Yeah. And I'm the Welsh speaker, and I said, soon. And he's like, yes, let's do that. I was going, mm, it might be complicated, because all I get is, how do I pronounce it? Is it Swan? Is it Sween? Is yeah. it SW? You know, because I'm glad I got it right no, first. No, you did, so. it is SWN. <laughs> and um, it's like, how soon is now, you know? Yeah. Um, it's in Cardiff. Yep. It was inspired by South by Southwest. Yeah. Going to Austin, Texas, and thinking, this festival is incredible. Um, we need to do something like this in, in Cardiff. Because yeah. as I said, Cardiff's small, you know. So uh, I'd been to Iceland Airwaves in Reykjavik as well, and yeah. Reykjavik's small too. Yeah. So it, you know, we thought it'd be, Cardiff would be perfect for it. So we've done it. It's our ninth year now in 2015, wow. um, and John books it all now. I don't yeah. book it anymore um, just because I haven't got time. But yeah. he does a brilliant job in putting the lineups together, and so it happens in the city. Just turn like, up and collect a check now, didn't you? Just, just cruising <laughs> to town, oh, just cruising to town and go. Where? Can you imagine? I mean, <laughs> If you want to lose money, start festival. Yeah. If you want to lose money, start record label. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, contest to it, that completely. Just go for it. Just If you love it, just yeah. get involved. We just wanted to see something happening, really. You I know? think that's it's one of the beautiful things with a label at the moment, and I have this, and it's terrible management as a label, but I look at a project and go, how much 
does this project mean to me? Mm-hmm. As in, how much am I willing t- t- to lose on this? And that's what the budget becomes. It's like, right, I'm not going to sit here thinking we're going to make a big profit. This is a big... It's like, this is valuable to get out there it's important that this is out there and done well and out to as many people as possible rather than looking at it as i want to be a label manager and be rolling in money it's like right no Mm. here's what i've earned this year here's how much of that i'm willing to give back to the the music essentially you know and i guess all the labels that do make money now started like started off like that yeah yeah completely people who start off going i want to make money yeah you know stay away (laughs) stay away exactly it's It's about passion it's about listening it's yeah. about feelings isn't it it's yeah. about and that's what i love about so many great labels around you know around now it's it is that passion it is that commitment yeah. it's the, it's almost like a you know without one make, making it sound fickle like a coffee table thing it's like it's a whole lifestyle isn't it yeah. you've got to live and breathe it yeah, it doesn't start completely. at nine and finish at five yeah it's what you do if you do a label i think and that's why completely. i'm in awe of Yourself and people who, you know, the independent label markets that yeah. happen in Spitalfields in London. And it's incredible. I think that's the beauty, again, it's, I mean, you said that you live and breathe it. And I think that's the thing that when you're into music, it's finding any any way that you can engage in that, yeah. whether that be radio, a label, a festival. Yeah. Um, you've also done a lot of, of, of writing, like you've written for The Enemy and The Independent. But the one I want to discuss it's Kruger magazine because what a great oh, magazine yeah. Kruger was. I used to l- love that. Like we'd get that when we'd play in Cardiff, and that was. I loved a Kruger. I had a Kruger T-shirt. I yeah. think I remember and all sorts. I still but, have my Kruger with a big skull on yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and that was a great. That was a, a great magazine. It's, it's stopped now, right? Is it? Is it no longer? Well, Kruger came to an end. It was a free one from Cardiff, and they in the end, I think they circulated it across the UK, yeah. and then yeah, I think it came to an end. Um. I don't want to speak on behalf of the editors, but again, if you want to lose money, yep, start yep. a little print magazine. And it was a beautiful looking magazine as <laughs> well, was. so it didn't look cheap. So you can imagine that. Yeah, yeah. They, they. I mean, Mike, who started it, yeah. is now the editor in chief of the NME. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so you know, we're all so proud of him because he's done so well. You know, and yeah. to go from running, you know, a free, you know, start off as a fanzine and then a magazine. Yeah. To be in charge of yeah. the enemy, which of course Hugely. is going free soon, yeah. isn't it? Well, I'm glad I, as the, the print I, I inadvertently kissed his ass there. You know, <laughs> that might make up for my famous mocking of enemy in in, in thou shout. So you know, oh yeah, we of can course. push for some support now that I've I've inadvertently raved about his starting point. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think you know he, he's telling me that a lot of those journalists that he was employed to write for Kruger back then yeah. have gone on, to, you know, they've made a living and work in they music good. somehow, I mean, you know? Kruger and and Foggy Notions um, coming oh, out right. of Dublin were, I don't were, know were, that one. Were, were two that we'd get, again, and again, similarly, they'd also be putting on gigs and stuff like that. So so when we'd get to that place, we'd get a, a, bit, a few back issues and they were just so well-written, so well-researched, mm. so such insights into music and great, takes on new music and all that yeah, that yeah, yeah. it's not surprising at all when you hear that so many people from then have gone on to sure to bigger and better things it's exciting about the enemy going free right that's going to be interesting to see how that works i think it is we're recording this this week and i think this week is the last paid yeah. one yeah because they've, 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 they've done a big history of kind of thing yeah. i believe and i guess it is the end of an era in a way in that it's all changing you know mike always says it's not just about the print edition yeah online it's the gigs it's the tours yeah. it's everything um and the beauty in fact the beauty of it now is it it it, it stops 
thou shalt always kill from not supporting it because the line is thou shalt not buy NME. Oh. <laughs> so now that it's free, it's like we're not even at war. Thou we're, shalt we're, not yeah, pick up. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. You're you're fine to have it for free. I never yeah. said that. I never yeah. spoke against it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is good, isn't it? I mean, anything free is good. Yeah, I still, you know, as much as I check out blogs and read things online, I'll still pick up loud and quiet yeah and, and have a, f- a flick through yeah and even if you know if it's a magazine that i haven't heard of in a town that i'm visiting yeah it's always good to know what's going on because you might read something interesting or see something yeah. or find out about a band or an artist or whatever yeah completely um so i think that's yeah i think it is exciting that it's going free. yeah i like that it's kind of the end of an era i suppose because you know um, but again if that's the yeah. way things are, are going now and a lot of the biggest circulated papers out there no. with the metro or whatever else are free then yeah. again you've got to try and adapt and and they're kind of the first big music one hmm. to go that route yeah obviously there's always been a said things like the fly and you know yeah. some of your smaller ones that are about yeah. but it's a big risk and a big jump but an ex- exciting one it is i uh, wonder how long till the other ones go free isn't yeah. it you know yeah and it's how print will stop, full stop, will stop, full stop, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing. It felt like it was go free or go home, essentially, right. <laughs> at this point, which it feels like for a lot of printed uh, press at the moment, where yeah. it's a continual struggle to get people to part with their money for it. Because, again, you get on any tube stop and people are handing yeah. free stuff to read at you. So if you want to read something, you can. And, again, it's not necessarily what you wanted, but it's free Therefore, it's a different, a different appeal. There, it's become a treat now. I'll be honest to buy a paper. Yeah, yeah. To, to to it's normally on a train. Yeah, to read it just because, like you know, a lot of them, a lot of the articles are up online for yeah. free as well. Yeah, aren't yeah. They? So, can yeah. we talk about um, other voices? Your oh, RTE yeah. show with Aidan Gillen. I, I recently did a film with Aidan and got on amazingly well. Weirdly, we were. We connected because we were both in a book by a guy called Dan Hegarty called Buried Treasures, where he interviewed people about um, if there was an album that you would like everyone to hear, what would you pick? And we we were were both asked on that. So instantly on set, me and um, Aidan were talking about music a lot. And he's amazingly passionate about music and knowledgeable Mm. and into his stuff. So He really is, isn't he? So how did all that come about? And what is the show? It's on RCE, so I've not seen it. Yeah, it's in Over Ireland. Here. It's um, it's great other voices. I'd heard about it. It's been going for thirteen years. Oh, really? And it's in a town called Dingle, mm. and um, which is a couple of hours from from Cork. And after Dingle, it's America, you yeah. know. And it's it's a beautiful tiny town. Um, there's a church there, and yep. they put on and invite musicians to play there. So they've oh, had. Wow. Hundreds over the years, I yeah. guess, you know, from Amy Winehouse, they made a big film about yeah. Amy coming to Dingle, yeah. to The National and Elbow, to all sorts of incredible artists. Yeah. And then they televise it as well, so it becomes a series in Ireland. Yeah. Um, Philip King, who started it, presents a radio show called South Wind Blows yeah. on RTE2, yeah. I think. It's a really great show. It's, a, it's an hour long. Again, on, on set, Aidan was listening to recordings of that, ah, like, in, in between... Yeah. Takes like it was, again. It was, I've never heard the show, but it was. I'm sure it was, it was that show he was saying. Was yeah. just saying it's just amazing. He's great, and you know the whole idea behind it is it's about listening and focusing on the artists playing. And there's Brilliant. only sixty people in the church. Brilliant. Um, so what you create is this really special atmosphere where bands travel from all over the world to 
mainland Europe and then they travel to Ireland and then they have to travel to Dingle and it's in December and it's cold and it's wet. Yeah. But the welcome is yeah. so warm, yeah. you know. And people just listen and enjoy it. And so I all I did was present it with Aidan yeah. the, the current series, you mm-hmm. know. So, I mean, he's lived in Dingle, as yeah. Aidan, so he knows it so well. And as you say, he's a massive music fan. Huge music um, fan. So. I just knew him from Queer as Folk and... And The Wire. And The Wire, of course. Of course. And a bit of Game of Thrones, a couple yeah. of episodes I've yeah, seen, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was aware of his work and, yeah, The Wire was the one, yeah. yeah. He was May... What's his name? May Calcetti? Yeah, like Calcetti. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Fantastic. And... Uh, yeah, he's a fascinating guy. And so are the voices. They had a stage, actually. They do stages. They did one in New York. Oh, really? And London. And they did it at Latitude um, oh, for really? the first That's time oh, in 2015. Amazing. Yeah, and they had... Um, they had... Uh, well, Ed Sheeran turned up to play a little secret gig. I saw he did a secret gig. Yeah. I didn't realise that was on that. On yeah, the other stage. on the other uh, voices. They, voices. They made a church, essentially, on next oh, to the lake. It was incredible. Um and he, he played with the boys from Snow Patrol, who've obviously been, been yeah. to Dingle and love other voices. So, it's a re- so the people who put it together are, are, you know, big supporters of music, like a musical family, and they had young fathers on, and yeah. um, traditional Irish guy. Well, not traditional, but, yeah, uh, influenced, called Colin McConyamori, plays the violin. Yeah. It's just the most beautiful um, yeah. music. And Amazing. The, the same in Dingle, you know. I saw um, Young Fathers played the church, which was incredible. Oh, I'd love to have seen that. Yeah, it was brilliant. And they had Melanie de Biasio, who's this Belgian jazz singer. Yeah. Who I'd actually heard on a Giles Peterson show. So to see yeah. her play, it was just amazing. Again, I, I love stuff like that because it feels, again, like those cool regional magazines that just, because there's no expectation or pressure that you're you have to be finding the next big thing or breaking mm. this huge act. It's, it feels like they're going, what is amazing? Like, what is truly amazing? Not not what will sell copies of the magazine or what will pull this. What is just great? What do we believe in? Yeah. yeah. And then they just get to put that on there and go mm. and have it in the church. And yeah. yeah. As, the same with, as you say, with the magazines and with festival lineups and with radio shows, I mean, yeah, we'd all like to play, you know, something that's going to be big. But if you go out looking for that, then... Often, you know, you can't make it up. It's yeah. about about luck. It's about gut instinct. Yeah. Isn't it? It's about passion, yeah. and commitment from those artists and from the yeah, listeners. Completely. So, vice for you know, it's back and forth, isn't it? So, yeah, there's I love no, it. no logic to it. But no other voices is really special. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, we've climbed over the hour mark, so I'll start to wrap things up. But I want to discuss very recent receiving of an honorary. F- of- a fellowship from Bangor University. Thanks, Pip. Was yeah. that this month? Obviously, this is going out in August. It was in, yeah, it was it was in July. It was in July, yeah. And um, uh, what, uh, what happens there? Do they contact you to say kind of... You get a letter yeah. from Bangor Uni. Because I was going to go to Bangor to study yeah. uh, when I was offered a job from Radio 1. And again, the, that's, again it's, it's remembering the, the crazy spot of how key an age 17 is, that that, yeah. that offer is right when you're probably trying to decide what you want to do with your well, life and all this kind of thing. Yeah. And you're suddenly, oh, here's what I'm doing with my life. I'm, on, I'm broadcasting. That's yeah. That's decided. That was it, basically, yeah. Yeah. Which is quite scary because, you yeah, know, petrifying. I'm 34 now. I still don't really know 
yeah. what I'm doing. <laughs> you don't, yeah, do you? Exactly, you know. Exactly. So every day's like you know something new. Um, but with, with yeah, they they offered, and I was delighted. And they offered um, my cousin Griff from the Super Furry Animals as well. We're cousins, right? I didn't but they know didn't it was know. Your cousin. Yeah, they didn't know we were cousins. Amazing. So I had to tell them. He's going, oh my, my Griff is getting with my cousin as well. They were like, oh, we had no idea, you know. So Griff and myself, family affair, I love and it. I think. You know, I can't think of anyone who deserves an honorary degree more than Griff, really, yeah, yeah, for everything that he's done. He's yeah. from Bethesda, just outside Bangor, and, you know, his passion and, well, his talent, his talent first and foremost, I guess, but also his, just the way he is in terms of music, and not just completely Welsh things, but in general, you know. In general, but I was going to say that it sounds odd, but it, 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 his Welshness... Because it is very, it's very much every every band with where we listed the stereophonics and the manics and things like that. There's people who could listen somewhere in the world and not really know where they're from. Whereas, mm. whereas Griff and the Super Furries just bleed a, a Welshness. It's, yeah. It feels so, you know. So I think, but also they, you know, they're an international band as yeah. well. So they'll play worldwide. They'll, they've just been to Japan. Yeah. But yeah, they released Mung, which. It was an entirely Welsh language album. Yeah. After releasing a couple of really successful ones on Creation Records, yeah. and, you know that went into I think it went number eleven in the in the UK album charts. Entirely in Welsh, and it's yeah. just been reissued by Domino as well. It's crazy. It's, isn't it's it? an exciting time to be a Super Furry Animals yeah. fan. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's done a lot of solo stuff as well. Yeah. He's worked with Boom Bip on the Neon Neon. Yeah, and, yep, the Neon Neon stuff on on Lex Records yeah, it was all it. amazing. Yeah. So and it all looked cool as fuck. It was it all did. nice cars and yeah. just slick looking. Well, Griff studied art. Yeah, all oh, right. So he's... Uh, I mean, Alex is the perfect label for that kind of thing because they just obsess over album covers and packaging yeah. and everything just looks so beautiful. And again, another label that will sacrifice profit in the name of, man, this is a nice yeah. piece of, of, of collectible material. Yeah, They've done that with MF Doom. They did it with, oh, yeah. or, or with Thou Shout. Thou Shout came out on, on Lex and it was be- a beautiful m- matte print with Thou Shout Always Cool in, in glossy so you could only see it if you turned the light properly <laughs> and things like that and it's like looking back now we hardly had any following that was a ridiculous business choice on the on the part of Lex of spending that much <laughs> on this beautiful thing but there's a golden again, it um, meant something golden rules album coming yeah. out Paul White yeah 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 I don't forget the name of the rapper that he's worked with um, it, from the uh, state uh, was it Homeboy Sandman. Oh, no, 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 it isn't on that. No, 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 no that was their previous one. Um, I don't know who it is, but what, the tracks. He's produced the... for Danny Brown. He's produced for Homeboy Sandman. Right. Um, yeah, I can't think of his. It's coming out on gold vinyl. Yeah, of course it is. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> so that's my uh, that's my neck. Paul purchase, Paul, Paul White's amazing, and we had a similar thing that I was telling um, a girl who was supporting us on tour about Paul White because when me and Dan were on our last tour, I was doing the beatdown still, so I was doing it from on the road. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm playing this this track by a UK producer, Paul White. He's amazing. Mm. And the woman that was supporting us was Sarah Williams White, oh. who is his sister, it <laughs> yeah. turns out. And I just hadn't... Tweet- and White's quite a regular name, isn't it? Yeah. But, but she was like, oh, yeah, that's my brother. And I felt like such an idiot, because I'd been... I think I'd... Maybe forgotten his name at first. I was like, oh, I was, no, I think I was more talking about Homeboy Sandman. It's saying, oh, have you heard this guy? Blah blah. It's produced by a guy called Paul White. She was like, yeah, it's my, right, right, it's right. my brother. And I was uh, like, all right, cool, 
cool. Yeah. That's, that, that's I, lovely. I had the same with Marika Hackman, who's a singer-songwriter recently, yeah. and I went, you've got to check out this producer, Hackman. He <laughs> shares the same name as you, and obviously he was exactly the same. He's going, yeah, he's my brother. Yeah. I had no idea. You know, I'd no. been playing them both on the show, I going, ha, 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 imagine a I, remix. I, I, love, <laughs> I, I love the innocence of that. Of yeah. going, this is weird. You should. It's like your family. It's like, we, we are family. Really that's are. why it's like that. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, I mean, let's I wrap things up by talking about the... Um, the responsibility, and I, th- I think this, I may be wrong, but I think this is going to be an interesting answer, the responsibility of DJs to support and play n- a new music, because mm. knowing you've done daytime stuff as well, I think mm. you also have an appreciation for when it doesn't have to be that, if you know what I mean. I've People often assume I will hate all music that isn't political and social and things like that, <laughs> and I don't. I think there's there's a space for everything, and I think if all music was like my music, then it'd be boring, and you know, the same same with any a genre. So, where do you think that level lies with a commitment to new music and just a commitment to playing what a lot of people want to hear? It's as simple as that. Well, I mean, for broadcaster, it's it's a it's a mix, isn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I work for the BBC, um, and there's that balance of playing and creating popular hits yep. as well. Yep. And I love Taylor Swift as much as the next person. I think her album's yeah. amazing. It's an amazing um, record. But I'd love to hear something new and exciting next to it, you know? Yeah. And that happens, you know, that yeah. happens on, that's why there's playlists there. And that's why hits are created and record yeah. labels and artists are supported. Take Rudimental, for example. Yeah. You know, really want to support them from Day Dot and Black Butter Records of, but still release them and yeah. go, continue to go from strength to strength and brought loads of other artists through as well. So, I mean, new music has to start somewhere. It has to have that platform. Yeah. And obviously nighttime DJs are a big part of that. Yeah. Obviously nighttime doesn't mean anything now because you can listen at any time and yeah. people listen worldwide. So... So th- in a way it gives m- more power to to the nighttime DJs in that respect because it's it's got its freedom to not just be, if you happen to be tuned in in the middle of the night, you know yeah exactly yeah i think you know we we listen out for new music it's our job it's what you know it it is a responsibility it's a really fun responsibility to have there's no right or wrong but you just want to make sure that everybody gets a fair crack of the whip that everybody gets an audience that they deserve really and that if something is interesting and good it's my job to highlight it at a festival at a gig uh, on the radio you know and again i think i think it's it kind of it governs itself quite a bit like people will be incredibly excited to get their play on on Radio One, and it does mean the world to new artists and ev- and everyone. But the fact is, sometimes that play will be simply that it will be a play because yeah. it won't work, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. And it's it's yeah. that weird thing of some people will feel. I know there's certain bands that complain that re- that Radio One ignore them and don't play them, but then often bands that Radio One have played before. Yeah, and it didn't then kick off, and it's like this—that's not Radio One's fault. There's not, there's not that you can't all. I know sometimes you do, but you can't always have that loyalty to. No, they need to get this band. I need to keep mm. showing them why they need the fans and, and, and need to get this. There, if you know there, what I mean? there is that element to it, you know. There's the, the the music that you love. It's all music that you love. Otherwise, you wouldn't be playing it. Yeah. Sometimes you play records that you don't love yourself, but you know there's an audience yeah, out there yeah, that yeah, will yeah. love it. Um, and not everybody's going to become massive. And yeah. as you say, sometimes it is just a play, one yeah. play, and sometimes it's ten plays and that's it, you know. Yeah. Um, is there anyone that when you've stepped in on on the, on the more daytime starts that you've been like, this is 
a band I'm taking with me to daytime, they need to hear this. Like, who have you really championed in that respect? They're going, right, I'm now on in the middle of the day and yeah. this always goes down, down well on my show, but for whatever reason, um, a, a, a Fern hasn't wanted to play it or, or whoever else. And then when you're in there, get, get that chance to go, ha ha. There's been, there's been a few, <laughs> you know, there's that standing in on daytime is exciting because it is a lot more listeners. Yeah. And it's, a, you know, it's millions more. And it's a whole new platform. Yeah. So sometimes it's uh, it's like Lord. Yep. Who um, a friend of mine from New Zealand told me about, and we started playing a track. She hadn't released anything, yeah. and got her into Maida Vale, and then she becomes huge. You yeah. know, yeah. good. Same with like 1975 and yeah. Bastille earlier early on as well. Right, so that I were playing. But then there's other extremes where I remember playing DJ Rashad, uh, who sadly passed away. A song called "It's Not Right." Yeah, and for me, it was just the most exciting three minutes of electronic music that I'd heard. You know, yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. playing it at night, and I loved it. And um, kind of footworky Duke music, you know, right. which I know very little about, but um, fascinated by this one record. I thought this is going to be exciting on daytime. Yeah, the texts of complaints right. <laughs> were pages long. You know, yeah. on a screen, it was like hundreds. You can just never tell, going, can what you? is this? Don't ever play this again. Get off my radio. It's like, here's Ollie Murs. And, and, and that was always <laughs> my argument when me and Dan, like, particularly when I think our second album came out and the label, after the first one had done far better than anyone could have hoped, the the, the label in particular, like, we need to get this, this uh, these daytime plays. Right. And my argument was, a lot of the time... The music that's on daytime on Radio One isn't our kind of thing, uh-huh. so we will go down better on Hugh's show, on Zane's show, because it'll be a small audience, but it'll be an audience that are more likely t- to like it mm. than dropping us in after wh- whoever at that point. I can't think of who was a big big pop act at that point that we sure. wouldn't fit in with at all. When Lady people Gaga. are going to be doing that, uh, texting in and saying, yeah. "Why is this bloke just talking? What's going on? Yeah. This is awful. Make it go away." It's like but, you but, can't you can't force yourself into certain places and situations no but having said that i think if people did hear you on daytime a lot of people go this is incredible who is this and that's the power of radio you're in people's lives and you can introduce people to music so i think maybe the the example i gave of one record you know it's happened with other records as well but that was the most memorable one but at the same time listeners love music you know even people who are who, who just love pop, they they will let love a Bring Me The Horizon well, song yeah. or a Scroobius Pip track yeah. if it's the right one, if it's the right time. Well, I mean, again, just going in the opposite direction, the fact is I know m- metalers, punk kids, all sorts, who are posting Taylor Swift videos. Right. So, so going in that opposite direction of, right, yeah. if it's a damn well-written pop song, then it's a damn well-written pop song. It is yeah. what it is. I think A Lord's a great example, though, of how it's that thing that could have been so independent and niche. Mm. But as soon as you put it out there, the, there's a girl called Sarah Winters that I'm a big fan of that's got that same kind of thing of it feels like I listen to it and, like, this is amazing, this is, is my little secret. But then you could also see it being on every trailer, <laughs> on every advert, being the biggest thing in the world. So right, yeah. I love stuff like that. It's brilliant. You know, I think people just need to keep making music and as long as you enjoy it, other people yeah. will come along for the ride and that's... That's the beauty of it, isn't it? It really is. So where can people keep up to date with everything you're doing? I'm What's on the best place? Twitter, just Hugh Stevens. And that's H-U 
W yeah. Stevens with a PH. With a PH, obviously. exactly. And I'm on radio on three nights a week, so Monday to Wednesday, 10pm to 1. Perfect. And um, thanks for having me on, Thank Pip. you very much for coming oh, on. It's been an absolute it pleasure. An honor, it's pleasure. Flown, again, it's another one that's just f- flown by yeah. as ever, so thank you for coming and chatting. Thanks for having me. There we go. How lovely is Hugh Stevens? And I, I teased it at the end of the last episode with Dr. Susie Gage. Um, how good is Houdini as a name for a Welsh magician? I thought that was possibly the best thing I've ever heard. Houdini. Uh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And fascinating to hear his whole story there. And as I mentioned um, at the start in the intro, him getting snapped up at 17. And I mean, we talked about it a lot in the podcast as well, obviously, but, but starting at 17 at the biggest radio station in the country um, and being there ever since and just smashing it and pushing new, new music, p- protecting and wor- and and, and, and um, celebrating the Welsh language and Welsh culture. So yeah, amazing guy. If you enjoyed this one, I'd recommend... Um, I said I'd only had one a Welsh guest. We have had Howard Marks, who is Welsh, but Eddie Temple Morris is Welsh. So we've had two Welsh guests on in the past. So check them both out. Eddie, obviously, also being a radio DJ, so worth a look. Obviously, you could check the Zane Lowe one out, the um, the John Kennedy one, which Hugh had listened to just before we recorded this and was slightly in awe of because John Kennedy's just an amazing, amazing dude, amazing broadcaster. And it was just a hell of a podcast. The stories, uh, the amount of people who were just saying it's the most interesting one they'd heard and they, were, they, and they weren't expecting that. They'd expected to hear a little bit about a guy who works on a, a radio station but were just blown away by his fascinating, fascinating life and passion for music. So check that out as well. Um, thank you for tuning in. Subscribe that's a good thing that helps support us it doesn't cost you a penny to subscribe you can subscribe you can set to automatic download you will not miss an episode and to be honest you have automatic download you check that episode out if it ain't your thing delete it but you know at least you've got it there as the option and quite frankly at least i get the fucking download so do what you want son um Thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week as ever. Um, This has been the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 54.